0: Coaching on the go.
1: Hi, Masha. Hi, Kate. How are you?
0: I'm fine. I'm living and working remotely from Oviedo this week. Uh, this is the city in northern Spain, and it is famous for the fact that the very first way of St. James, or Camino de Santiago in Spanish, begins from here, which is why it is called the original way. It is a walking trail to the cathedral in the city of Santiago de Compostela, where, according to the legend, the relics of St. James are kept. From here, the road takes almost 3,000 kilometers. (laughs)
1: How are you? I also had a very interesting and active weekend, and uh, I spent my time with kids, and it's always hectic and unpredictable, and they always have some plans. This time they had a plan to meet with their friends at the amusement park. So we went to the amusement park and we had all kinds of roller coasters and 3D thrills <laughs> and all that stuff. It was so cool. Uh, I was so excited and they were so excited. <laughs> Sometimes I just love being a parent because with kids you can be a kid yourself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's start. Today, we were going to talk about remote work. We touched this theme in our first episode, and both you and I, we had an experience of working remotely and working in the office. And I remember we decided to dedicate just a full separate episode to the positive and negative things of working remotely. Yeah,
0: it's a huge theme.
1: So. Uh, You personally, Masha, what's your preferred format of working remotely or in the office?
0: I prefer uh, working remotely, but I need some space and uh, some rituals for my focus to be switched on. And uh, this is the result of my experience, because when I started to work remotely and then uh, during the pandemic, when we uh, all were locked in our houses... Remote work wasn't so good and it had maybe tough, not so comfortable as it now. This format, this kind of work requires discipline and focus and so on. So let us dive into the theme. Kate, would you tell us about your experience of remote work?
1: Yeah, I, um, in fact, <laughs> I think um, my preparation for remote work started in. 2003 or something, mm. a long time ago. Yeah, almost 20 years ago. Yeah, I was a junior specialist uh, in advertising agencies, and we were working with global clients like Nestlé, Pepsi, and at that time there was no software like Zoom or Google Meet for video conference calls. So what we had is just telephone conference equipment. So we had uh, this special uh, equipment, we called it a frog. (laughs) (laughs) So it was (laughs) in all our conference rooms and we were calling our headquarters or headquarters of our client. So we had several people sitting in different countries on that phone and it was audio format only. And we were discussing the projects and discussing the next steps, and it's only on audio format. And for me, as a junior specialist, the task was to summarize all the agreements after that call and send it in email to everyone so that they read it and confirm that that's how, I mean, that's correct understanding of, of what was discussed and what was agreed on that call. It required accuracy, active listening, facilitating the moments which were not so easy to agree upon, so there were some disagreements, and as a junior account manager, I had to facilitate all these conversations and to find the compromise in some cases, and it was the very similar to the remote work as we were all posed to, I mean, during the COVID times, but in audio format and during the COVID times, we all had this opportunity to have video calls and see the reactions of people. But the essence of these conference calls was the same. So we still needed to discuss the project steps, agree on the next steps, find compromises, find uh, ways to agree on Things where we disagree, it's very similar. And accuracy and uh, next steps um, implementation based on what was agreed on. So that was very, how to say, I was ready. I was prepared for (laughs) remote work. Uh,
0: When you told about first experience of facilitating on these calls, I remembered that my first task in development company when I started to grow (laughs) my career or or IT in future was the same. But uh, the meeting was in one room and it was uh, so hard. So I cannot imagine how hard,
1: how tough it was for you. Yeah, it was (laughs) tough. But talking about remote work, when it happened in COVID, Did you feel prepared or uh, was it a shock for you? Um,
0: You know, COVID was a shock itself. I was prepared for such format of work, but it doesn't help me a lot. Because in the beginning of this pandemic thing and uh, remote work, uh, when everybody, we all were locked in our houses, the first emotion was, uh, you know, shock, maybe. (laughs) And it was uh, tough to divide, to split work and other life things. Because it was early in the morning when you wake up and open the notebook, started to make calls and to work and so on. And then it comes to the evening and every day uh, was like another. They stick together. So it wasn't a comfortable time for me. But I think that it was about uh, the atmosphere itself, not about the format of remote work. Because I had an experience of working remotely before, maybe a year ago before the pandemic. When I was hundred kilometers uh, from from the office, but uh, everybody, I mean, our customers uh, uh, thought that I was just uh, in the buildings somewhere around in Moscow. And what about you?
1: For me, um, switching to remote work during COVID times was not a shock. I would say, in all my previous companies, we used to have this practice before. Uh, we used to have these calls. But the thing is, like, when you move to a remote work and it's it's a full-time remote work, yeah? So it's not like it's from time to time you have a call. It's from time to time you have a, an offline meeting. But it's like it's the full-time remote work. It means, like, you are on emails or calls or video conferences. And that's how you're working fact, it's just the scope of these conversations, virtual conversations, was increased tremendously. And I was trying to balance it somehow and to keep the same informal things in communication. Because if it's always formal, it's very tough. It's very tough and you are not so motivated maybe sometimes. So you still need some chatting with your uh, peers. You still need some informal conversations, some kind of feeling feelings sharing. And for me, the most challenging part was to induce, I mean, to bring back these small talks into our remote work. And um, I think it was successful. Not only the small talks, we also brought uh, back the development thing. So it means like we met with our teammates and made some funny things like contests, quests, all that stuff. And it helped a lot for team building purposes. Because when you're not in the office, when you're not together, you uh, try to feel isolated. You try to, I mean, you start to feel isolated and you start to feel not part of this Team, Yeah, because the physical presence usually builds this bonding experience. And when you're far away, then this bonding experience, it diluted. I mean, it disappears at some point if you don't support it. So for me, it was very important to support this, especially in the situation of uncertainty because people are feel nervous. They uh, they need extra support in this time. And I think we were successful in doing it.
0: Yes, when in office you could, you know, uh, grab some coffee and uh, have some small talk, some chat uh, near the cooler, <laughs> they say. In the situation uh, that we faced with, during COVID, during pandemic, we were locked. And uh, it is uh, the uh, plus one task for the manager to support the team and to make these small talks online, to not to split it, maybe.
1: Remember, our topic today, our theme today is remote work. So I would like to start with challenging challenging the approach to remote work as something relaxed and some people still believe that it's something relaxed and you can sit on the beach and have your meetings and earn a lot of money and be relaxed, be very flexible, spend time with your family and all that stuff. And that's a very common dream. Do you believe in this dream, Masha? I I do believe that, as you said, uh, lots of managers
0: still think such way. I think it's kind of a challenge uh, when manager faced the fact that working effectively or maybe working remotely is not the same as working from nine to six and it's okay. It may be okay. And uh, yes, the first idea of working remotely to let your people work from home or from some other space, (laughs) other city. Uh, is a bit frightened because you kind of lost control. But it's interesting to think about Are uh, you control them uh, when they are in office from 9 to 6. Near you, you can uh, see them, you can you know, ask them some status or so. But is it uh, the real control? Is it a real effective work? Mm-hmm. It's a big question. Yes,
1: I totally agree. Because to me, sometimes sitting in the office is to be very punctual. Come to the office in time. Be in your office before the working hours and leave in the office after the working hours. It doesn't mean efficiency to me. Especially when you got stuck and you cannot move because of some reasons. I don't know. It may be because you cannot talk to your boss, explain the problem, and you got stuck. You don't, you're not moving. But if you have a very constructive atmosphere in your team, it doesn't matter whether you're working remotely or uh, you're sitting in the office. Because whenever you got stuck, you can call your boss, explain the situation and ask for advice. And then you can proceed with your project. I mean, continue your movement. But in some cases you can get stuck, even if you are sitting just close, just looking at in this open space, looking at your boss (laughs) and you're still got stuck. And it's, Still possible, yeah.
0: You know, when I listened to you, I thought maybe this topic, this point about uh, calling your boss and asking uh, for his advice, uh, it's kind of a huge theme for maybe some other episode because there is some tricky points. But you know, there are still companies and people and managers who believe that if somebody works, burns his midnight oil, he is uh, very effective, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it, it may be a reason for good grade and. I want to ask you, what what do you think about this kind of um, work behavior pattern when day by day somebody uh, sits till midnight or so and uh, continue working, it may be in office
1: or remotely? What do you think? What is it? Uh, it's connected with the first theme we had, with the first episode. I yeah, remember when we um, were talking about this Pareto rule, when 20% of your efforts bring uh, 80% of your result. I mean, still some people do not believe it. And there can be several scenarios, as I think. First scenario is that they really don't believe that they can uh, do everything, fit everything into working hours. And they really believe that they need to... Um, work harder uh, than others. And it's workaholic approach, I would say. It also connected sometimes with the situation when they feel much more stress at home and they don't want, I mean, they don't understand it. They're not conscious about it. They're not aware. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's the real reason. Only when they start working with uh, the therapists, psychologists or coaches, then they start to be aware that sometimes they don't want to come back home. Maybe it's because they will be even more uh, stressed at home. Sometimes it's also connected. Sometimes it's connected to lack of space at home. Very small mm-hmm. apartment, no space, no air. In my experience, it was the uh, one of the reasons when I worked harder when we lived in a very small apartment and we didn't have enough mm-hmm. space. And in the office, you have a full office when you're staying <laughs> after hours because everybody's left and you have full office and with a lot of space. you know. So that's one of the reasons. The second reason can be that they show off. They want to deserve some promotion at work. They want to deserve this promotion and they just demonstrate it to their bosses uh, and to the stakeholders that they are, uh, I mean, they are worth this promotion this is also one of the reasons and people think that they are aware of this and they can control it but in fact they also do not control it because sometimes people uh, and bosses don't really appreciate this uh, long hours working and they only appreciate the result. And the result can be achieved without <laughs> extra hours. By
0: different ways. So, yes, I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So there are some um, prejudice and some hidden things which make people working extra hours. And I still believe that people can be conscious about that, can be aware. With the help of coach, with the help of therapist, reading some smart books, they can be smart about it. I believe so. Masha, if you can share any case from your coaching practice when people change their approach from working extra hours to controlling their working hours and working less. Actually, I can share my own experience because I do have one
0: when I I was uh, young and green (laughs) I worked in a development company and I used to overwork for 12 or 14 hours a day during, I suppose, several years. This experience was very useful for me and I had lots of drive. But I think today, from this point of view, I think that that extra hours were about the whole working day, connecting with people and chatting about the problems and not only the problems, of course. So communication and uh, that extra hours were for my own work. Uh, When everybody left home and I was alone in the office or almost alone and I had time and I had space to focus, to think and to hear my thoughts and to make this work that I couldn't afford to uh, make during the day when uh, there are lots of people around. And uh, this is one of the steps to go into 100% remote work as I work now. Because I can say that this is firstly the space for thinking, for having some focus, and to finally make things done. What about you? Do you have some examples
1: of this overworking that may transform to remote work? Yes, definitely. For me, my current experience, I think, is the ideal one. Because for the first time in my working experience, I have my own office. So I'm there alone. And it means that if I need to be to focus on some of the tasks... I can focus, nobody will bother me. And if I need to discuss something with my colleagues, I just make an appointment, I mean, book a meeting, and we can meet all together and discuss everything and then come back to our work and work autonomously. So for me, the ideal work scenario is when I have this space to work alone and either it can be organized remotely or it can be organized in the office. Either way is fine. And if you need to discuss anything with your uh, colleagues, they are available in terms of their schedule. So you can always schedule a call. I mean, you cannot do it spontaneously sometimes, yes, because everybody has their own tasks and they are focusing on them. And by the way, distraction from the tasks requires minimum... I've read it in one book that when you are distracted from your task, if you're a multitasking person (laughs) and working on different tasks and you're distracted, it takes up to 25 minutes to get focused again. So it depends. I mean, some people do it faster, some people do it more slowly. But in general, it's up to 25 minutes, from 11, I guess, to 25. So it means that ideally you should schedule all your meetings with your colleagues if you need. And in my current job, it's well-organized and people are well-organized and they are good both at working autonomously and working in a team format. So it means that they need some time to discuss, then they come back to the task and everything works perfectly. But not everywhere people are so well-organized, yeah? And sometimes there are a lot of junior specialists and junior specialists, they always need to be organized and they don't prioritize tasks themselves. It's the superior who needs to make this prioritization. And I mean, to have common sense when prioritizing things, he cannot prioritize hundred things at one time. So in my case, I can work both remotely and in the office. It, it's not a problem for me. But for remote work, I have some challenges. Like, for example, if I am with kids, it's really tough to find space to be alone and to be focused. It's quite a challenge, I can say. <laughs> so. And do you think that uh, remote work uh, is a privilege? No, I don't think it's a privilege. It's a choice. Anybody can choose working remotely. Not
0: everybody. I know uh, yeah. lots of companies that are against of uh, remote work.
1: And they insist that all the employees should be mm-hmm. in the office. That's true. There is some reasoning behind it. But I can tell you an example of one of the companies I worked for. Uh, they insisted on working in the office, minimum three days a week. And when people came to the office, they were alone sometimes, alone in the office. Common you sense know? again. So, what's the reason? I mean, or example of one of my friends. She works in a global agency, a huge agency. Their head office is in New York. There are thousands of people working both remotely and in the office. And they also insist on having their employees three days per week in the office. Three days per week, minimum. And it's organized in a way that sometimes you're sitting somewhere in the cafeteria in this office, having a call with 10 participants and... Two out of these 10 participants are sitting with you in the same room and you just suddenly notice that (laughs) you just hear something and then you just understand, oh, that's you (laughs) sitting in front of me. (laughs) And this is also possible. And and they don't have a chance to chat at all because they are constantly on on the calls because other... Uh, participants of the calls are everywhere. I mean, everywhere in the world, uh, in different locations. So again, what's the reason? Yeah. So, but there is still, um, in, even in progressive companies, sometimes there is a rule for employees to be three times per week in the office.
0: I liked that uh, you said about the choice, and uh, to my mind, the the key point about choosing the office or remote work is understanding. How do you work most effectively? How does it work for you? Mm -hmm. I've heard that uh, you said that you found, I think it's a balance, yes, between communication uh, calls with your colleagues, uh, planned communication and uh, uh, working in the cabinet. And it may call the remote work Mm -hmm. if uh, you have your own space, uh, your own room in the office. It may be hypothetically uh, your room in, uh, you know, other, other town, other city. Mm-hmm. It's much more
1: like remote work, mm-hmm. as I can see. That's true. By the way, um, when you are traveling, because Masha, you have really impressive experience of nomadic life and traveling across different countries, but at the same time working on a managerial position in a big company how do you do it? <laughs> Just tell me, how can you do it? Because honestly, I'm really, believe it's not possible for me because really, frankly, I think it's not possible because it's time difference. Then you always need to organize the space. Then you always need to be connected. The connection, the Wi-Fi, everything. I mean, it's so much risk and I would not dare <laughs> to do that <laughs> How do you do it? Uh,
0: The connection is the must, you're right, but uh, it is one technical part. I think that uh, remote work requires maturity of both employee and manager. For example, me as an employee and my manager. And uh, first of all, you need to make processes done and uh, to make your team work effectively. This is the core process of manager, the key objective. So it wasn't like uh, I came to my work and uh, said that I will work remotely from scratch. It wasn't so. It was a long period, about a year and a half in office when I constructed all these things to work, processes and the team, some corner cases and so on. And after that, I realized that uh, I can uh, let it, let it up, let it up, let it go. The, <laughs> and only after that I've realized that I can let it go a bit. It's not about I've let it go uh, 100% and uh, it works without my uh, connection, without me. But I need to uh, manage some things which are required my attention. I need to have uh, and to get together all the statuses from the projects we make. When processes are done, after time, you do not need to make something with your own hands all the time. You just need to help the process and uh, your team uh, to manage some difficult cases, corner cases and uh, so on,
1: but you're not tied to the process. It means that you can delegate and you can trust your uh, teammates, correct? Yes. And there is
0: another huge part of management, manager's work. When you can trust your team and delegate uh, the main process, you can think about some strategic things. You can become some above of the process and you can see the connection between uh, different projects or different departments and to Make some meta processes done. This kind of work uh, requires space and focus, requires uh, some long period of time without interruption to operations or
1: maybe some small tasks, mm-hmm. small and stinky. Mm-hmm. Masha, and can you uh, tell me? Because I remember when you were traveling in across different countries and different cities and working at the same time. Uh, can you tell me about this period in details? So, Or maybe you can uh, recall some other um, period in your life when you changed several countries and you were working all that time while you were traveling. How did you organize it? I used to travel
0: from uh, one uh, city or town to another in the weekend, like today, it is uh, Sunday, <laughs> and we're recording our episode. Uh, Because during my uh, working week, I need to be connected to the team uh, whenever they uh, need me. As you said, Wi-Fi or SIM card and uh, some space, it is the must. Uh, First of all, organize
1: these kind of things. Do you book it in advance? I mean, how detailed is your planning? Um, Just try to understand. Is it planned long in advance and you know the... uh, hotel or the apartment you are uh, booking and you've checked everything there or you just trust someone maybe you have some assistant no, no, <laughs> who's organizing n- not, that not
0: yet so, <laughs> but maybe maybe i will have one i usually plan for a couple of weeks or a month and uh, my travel period for one point is uh, one hotel or one apartment is uh, one week usually so, I try booking this one or two weeks to, 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 have, uh, to have this planned uh, space for living. And uh, I try to organize everything on the weekend. So, uh, when uh, Monday and new uh, week starts, already, already to work. Uh, I have some difficulties with um, time zones. For example, this time I'm in Spain, and uh, this is uh, minus two hours uh, with Moscow. The, the origin of my company, <laughs> and uh, all my clients are working uh, in this zone. Most of them, so it takes some time to to have a habit. For example, to wake up earlier uh, or not. <laughs> but I think that for remote work, uh, discipline and uh, organization are very very important. Because it is the
1: first or maybe second
0: step to have a remote work
1: itself. So I'm really admiring your approach and your organizational skills. Because in my case, I tried working remotely, I mean, combining it with traveling. I can evaluate the result, the efficiency. <laughs> it's 50-50. It's like 50%. In 50%, all the meetings are organized properly, and in 50%, it's a failure <laughs> and it's a failure sometimes either because of the internet of the connection or because the time zones, I mean, book the meeting and then just didn't look at different time zones. Or it's just I cannot find the quiet space uh, where I can talk to?
0: About quiet space, I, I'd like to add that when I started uh, working remotely, I used to work, uh, you know, in some cafes, uh, in the park uh, or somewhere. And it was some new experience and it was nice. But then I realized that uh, now I need a silent space, a room with no people, with no sounds, with no distraction for me, when uh, nothing will interrupt my working process. So uh, I started to book a hotel or an apartment to have some remote office, I can say,
1: that changes its location. Mm -hmm. And by the way, working from remote office, while you were talking, I just recalled this time when co-workings became popular. It was a long time before the COVID times. And I remember that maybe somewhere in 2015, 2016, there were a lot of trendy co-working spaces. Um, They just appeared one day. And I know that all the trendy people, all the progressive people, they were so happy about it because some of them, they always had some projects. And in these co-working spaces, they just found people they need. I mean, it's like a networking for them. And the atmosphere was very welcoming, I mean, friendly. I don't know what's the statistics now. Are the co-working spaces still popular or they just the tendency is decreasing? Do you know anything about that? And by the way, what's your attitude towards co-working spaces? Because when you try to find your space, do you consider co-working? You know, I'm not
0: a big fan of co-working because the only way to have some effective work there for me is uh, renting a small room for all the day. And uh, very often these small rooms are lack of uh, fresh air and uh, it's not a comfortable one to have some big working day in one place. So I used to test several co-working places, but it's not my cup of tea. (laughs) I don't know if uh, they are still popular, but I think that uh, lots of them are very similar to some great offices like Google. I I know Google office is uh, the top of the top, but several uh, others, big companies, they are made as a co-working and they can have some fun stuff to make uh, the atmosphere uh, itself uh, very pleasant and willing to, to be, actually, in the office. And what, what about you? Have you tried co-working? I have worked
1: in co-working space. Uh, it was a very interesting experience. I would agree with you, that's not the best for me, the best working atmosphere. And I worked in the co-working space in Savyolovsky, close to Flacon. And there were a lot of startups having their uh, office in this co-working space. And there were several departments of IT companies or fintech companies. Mm -hmm. Some of them even had their call center. And the call center was sitting just close to me. And I was listening to nice. their work during the whole day. <laughs> and it was quite an experience, nice. I would say. And that's why I'm, I'm not a fan of co-working as well. But sometimes it helps when you just need to, um, when you're in some city for a while, sometimes it can help just if you need to have several meetings and you need to book a room. And then you can consider a co-working space for that. But usually, yeah, it's not the best solution. So ideally, you should have your room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, I have
0: one good example of co-working in Barcelona. It is a hotel and a co-working space. And it's very uh, trendy and very good equipped. It's not an ad. (laughs) It is called social hub. I do recommend uh, if, if you need a co working in Barcelona, that place.
1: I like how you pronounce Barcelona. <laughs> you pronounce it with Spanish. I try, or... Yeah, I try to. Barcelona. Barcelona. Let yes. me see. Barcelona. <laughs> That's how Barcelona is pronounced in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: What do you think, what is uh, the most important points about
1: working remotely for you? For me, working remotely is, first of all, connected to your maturity, like you uh, wisely mentioned. It means that you are a mature, accountable employee. And you can find a way to organize your working time and space by yourself, and you will be available, connected, and continue working on your tasks no matter what. It means that you can be on a yacht, you can be on an island, anywhere, but you can, you had a chance to check the connection, the internet connection, and that you will have the space. And it means the maturity and accountability And second is, second thing we need to in mind that no matter whether you're working remotely or in the office, you still need to, I mean, as a manager, as a leader, you need to organize your team's time. It means that you cannot waste your time just chatting or talking about the project long hours. You just need to be efficient, even though you have your physical presence and physical presence of all your teammates and You can stay in the room forever, I mean, whole day or whole week, (laughs) but you still need to be uh, very efficient about that time and respect time of your colleagues so that they also respect your time and you can work alone on the tasks where you need to be focused. These are two major things for me in remote work and I mean, comparing to office work and vice versa. Office work comparing to remote work. So we can take positive things from both formats. Uh, So what would be your conclusion? Yes, I
0: I think that working remotely or working in office, it's not about the location itself. It's about maturity and uh, work density. It's not about working from, you know, nine to six. It's always good to know how do you want to work. I mean, what conditions you need to work effectively. It's perfect (laughs) when you can organize these conditions for yourself. So this is for me. And, of course, organization itself, discipline. (laughs) Discipline is, is the key. To success.
1: Okay, let's so, close <laughs> with the announcement of our next team, next episode. Will you announce it? Sure.
0: Uh, we wanted to have an episode about uh, financial wellness. And uh, to talk about balance and enjoyment and financial responsibility. It's a huge theme. And I think both you and I can say a lot about
1: it. Yes, correct. So just to remind you that it's Coaching on the Go. It's a bilingual podcast with Masha and Kate. Two seasoned professionals, how we call ourselves. We are talking about themes which are relevant for ourselves. Uh, We have worked in the corporations for more than 15 years, um, each of us. Now Masha is working remotely and I'm working in the office and uh, both of us are coaches. So we are developing our coaching practice. And that's why the themes we're uh, talking about are the about the resilience, balancing, uh, work-life uh, balance and financial responsibility, how Can you enjoy your life being a serious and mature person? So, thank you for listening.
0: Coaching on the Go.